Welcome to the Random Tea Stranger Things podcast. I'm Queenie. I'm Shania. And today we're talking about season one, episode five, The Flea and the Acrobat. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I do get the reference. I mean, yeah. Okay, yeah. I was going to yeah. go, did you watch the episode? No. Because they talked about it a lot. Yeah, they did. Well, one scene. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to apologize in advance. I'm trying definitely so hard to lose my voice this last week. So. Yeah, you are. You are. Um, so, yeah. Sorry for the delay in recording, but life happens. Yep. And life is what happens while you're at work. So. That's true. Um, but here we are. We have so much pre-back. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, to get to. So, I'm just, if it's okay with you, I'm just going to dive right into Do it. Do it. Okay. So, Kim, we've missed you. We have. Wrote into us. Uh, she says, loving the Stranger Things podcast. Yay. I just want you to know that I completely blame you for being on my third watch of the show. I'll take I'll take the blame for that. But I'm telling myself this is a refresher as the October premiere of season two approaches. That's true. It's it's absolutely legit. Okay. I mean, uh, the math all checks out. I did the math twice. <laughs> and it works. Uh, she says, I almost forgot how awful Lonnie was. Uh, Jonathan and Will's father. Oh, yeah. I was... It, it took me a second. Yeah. Uh, his reappearance in episode five made me feel for Joyce in an entirely new way. He was the worst kind of manipulator because on the surface he seems reasonable and like a good guy. It's not until you look deeper into his true nature that you see how insidious the behavior truly is. That, um, I'm just going to make a side note here, that's the mark of a true abuser. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he says the outside world views him as sympathetic and Joyce is the head case when a closer look would reveal that a lot of Joyce's crazy is rooted in Lonnie's treatment of her. Oh, yeah, yeah. Or I could have simply seen one Lifetime movie too many. <laughs> I think he is the reason I can never be Team Steve because the Lonnie's of the world were usually the Steve's of their day. The guys who believe they are have actual, have actual moments of and can be and can present the outward appearance of all-around good guy but who are anything but deep down. Now, I could be and hope I'm wrong about Steve, but experience tells me otherwise. I will defend Steve until the day I die. I mean, she will. I will. No, actually, if he does something fucked up, then I will call him on his bullshit. But so far... So far, you will. He, in my experience of the show, he has actually not... I mean, yeah, he has those markers, but that doesn't make him so. Yeah. Just gonna say. Uh, She says, Hopper remains the epicenter of awesome. I mean, yeah. There's there's no further. No. There, you can't. Yeah. It's true. He, however, did not win the Emmy. I know. I was sad about that. Very sad. None he of the babies did. No. No. Uh, she says, I have to disagree with Lucas being a dick. Okay. Did we say he was a dick? Probably. I mean, that sounds like I something. I wouldn't deny it. I mean, he was kind of being a dick. There are times. Uh, he's the only kid with common sense. This is the era of stranger danger and taking crazy stories from people you know nothing about at face value is simply not a sound practice. It's easy to think poorly of him knowing the totality of what is going on, but he doesn't know the totality of what is happening in Eleven's truth. Lucas is no different from the people who think Joyce is crazy based on the things she's saying and doing. We know she's right. They see a woman who thinks her presumed dead son's voice is telling her to do things through the wall and are treating her accordingly. Yeah. When looking at Lucas, imagine what your perception would be if we, the viewers, knew Eleven was really evil and planning to harm people and Lucas's common sense skepticism was making him side-eye Eleven while Mike and Dustin believe every word she said. It's perspective. 
And that's true. That's that's very true. Yeah. What she's talking about is perspective. And it's true. We have the omni omniscience yep. of being the viewer. So That and, is a true statement. We've already seen the whole show, so it's kinda hard to Yeah, that's true. So yeah. So thanks, Kim. We've we've missed having you around, by the way. I know. We like hearing from you. So Gina, who has by the way caught up. Yes. I'm very proud As of As of tonight, too. As of tonight, we got the email. So we've got two emails, uh, one for episode three, one for episode four, and then she emailed us on episode five just in time, literally. Yeah. So this is on um, Holly Jolly. She says, I honestly thought the first time I saw this episode that something was going to happen to baby Holly due to the name of the episode. Thankfully, she made it out all right, unlike poor Barb. Yeah, we, we mentioned that after we finished recording, we were like, hey. Hey, what? Because Holly, like Holly the baby. Not to be confused with Holly Hobby. No. That's a whole different. once decorated my entire bedroom. That's a different era. That was my era. A little bit. Just a little bit. A little bit. It was back about a decade. Yeah. No, I had the curtains, the bed sheets, everything. My mom made them for me. Of course you did. Anyway... Gina says, so the opening of this episode is really interesting in the way it cuts between Nancy losing her virginity and Barb fighting for her life. Now, if this was a normal horror movie, we, okay, first of all, I'd like to say you're assuming about the virginity. We don't know. Am I grasping at straws there? Yeah, you are. Okay. All right, fine. Okay, fine. It's virginity. It's okay. (laughs) Now, if this was a normal horror movie, we would expect someone like Barb to be in the running for the final girl. Barb ticks off a lot of the standard hallmarks of final girl. Final girl is in capital F, capital G, final. Oh, okay. Uh, She doesn't drink or do drugs at the party, and the key factor is not to assume anything, but she's probably a virgin. And they tend to make it to the end of the movie and find a way to outsmart the masked killer. This is the trope. However, it is Nancy who breaks all the rules of the final girl, and it saves her life. Uh, Have you seen, uh, what was the movie? Cabin in the Woods. That was all about the horror movie tropes. Yeah, we do the podcast. No, I mean. Oh, Gina. Gina, okay. Gina not have you. you seen I know you have. Cabin in the Woods. Yeah. You, I'm sure she has if she's. A true listener. I'm kidding. If you want, it's fine. <laughs> I was just gonna. If you are a true listener of the the oh my podcast, god, don't you... don't be that don't be a gatekeeper. <laughs> fine. No, if you haven't, Gina, you really should watch Cabin in the Woods. And then I think you'd enjoy that. Podcast. Yeah, it's it, it contains almost every horror movie trope you can imagine. Yeah. Uh, she says we get our first real look of the other world, and I was strongly reminded of Silent Hill. It's like our world, but slightly off, dark, and there is that weird snow slash ash slash pollen floating in the air. Seriously, what is that floating in the air? <laughs> That's, that is her question. Um, I don't know. I don't think it's snow. I don't think it's snow. It's probably Beyond that, I don't know. Who the fuck knows? Uh, she asks also, who taught Nancy the art of sneaking in? Not surprised it was mom who was waiting up and still wearing jewelry with a bathrobe. Yep, mom means business when she is half-dressed for bed. I have to admire her for not pressing Nancy too hard, but wanting to know who Steve is and what's going on. Yeah. Uh, the boys leave the snacks, but take the weapons to school. Wow, this is the 80s. <laughs> I, I, I know, do, right? 
I do like like how they mention the stuff is from Nam. The war ended in 75, and if the boys are 11 to 12, they would have just been babies when the war ended, which grounds it more into the real world. I do love a scene or two later when Elle has devoured most of the snacks and is playing with the falcon. I don't think they meant it as a gender stereotype with Elle reacts to Nancy's room. I think she was drawn by how bright and soft it was yeah. compared to where she has been her whole life. Plus, it's seeing for the first time how another girl is. I'm sure they had female lab, female doctors and lab people, but they are much older than Elle, and she can't relate to them. And um, you see it a lot in this episode with the uh, the suit that they put her in for the immersion tank. Mm-hmm. Everything is so utilitarian. It is true. And um, so this is frilly and pretty for pretty's sake. And it's the yes. colors, and it's so yes. radically and different. And it is very soft. Mm-hmm. and fluffy and pretty yep. and yeah um i think even a boy in her situation would be intrigued oh i think so too it was just you know, so radically like different than what than what they yeah. know uh she says while well, nancy's only a few years old older and still has things in her room from childhood yeah uh, she says, while Steve does get some points for being nice to nancy after their night together he does lose some points for not shutting down tommy and carol down more and breaking Jonathan's camera. Dude, your friends are being assholes about your girlfriend having sex with you, and it was her first time. You shut that shit down quick. The camera breaking felt over the top. I agree. And I know he was taking creep pics, but throw a punch and be done with it. And really, Jonathan, don't hang your creepy pics up to dry in the shared school darkroom. Do Thank that you. shit after school when you're sure no one else is going to using the darkroom. I think Nancy is more upset about Barb and she's seeing a side of Steve she might not like, hence her non-reaction about the photos. Yeah. yeah. Um, our scene with Holly at the buyer, bear, buyer, buyer, buyer's house, house felt so much like poltergeist with Holly surrounded by the flickering lights and looking at the wall. Yeah, it did. We do it did get on a, purpose. We do get a nightmare on Elm Street tie-in with the thing trying to push through the wall. I love the callbacks to old school horror movies. This whole show is a callback. To, One big callback, yeah. Yeah, it really yeah. is. Mm, we can damn gina goodness gracious she writes us some letters doesn't she mm-hmm. we can all see now why hopper got the job of being sheriff compared to the other two he is fucking sherlock right now <laughs> I know. Gotta, gotta love the sherlock reference thank you gina thank you gina my husband and i like to play an rpg called uh rpg would be a role-playing game called Delta Green. You play officials in hidden government agency trying to protect the world from aliens and the like. And right now, Hopper is on his way to being recruited by the agency since he's seeing the big government picture. Okay, first of all, that's amazing that y'all game together. I think that's great. The family that games together. That's right. That's, that's what, right. That's what we yeah. totally mm-hmm. do all the time. Yeah. When we're not podcasting. Um. Actually, this whole series is almost like a Delta Green game. A government experiment goes bad, and now it's messing with a small town, and someone has to clean it before it goes really bad. Well, yeah. Joyce is also on her way to being questioned by the men in black, since she's figured out a way to talk to the other side now, and no one else has. You do have to wonder when she last slept. It's maybe Wednesday now, and Will officially missing on Monday morning, so it's been maybe two days since she slept, and if you didn't any better, you would think the stress is finally getting to her and she's going crazy. However, yeah, she looks like she's tweaking. However, that crazy is giving her the edge since she's seeing what's really going on right now. The final scene also had some great parallel moments. Mike is upset after seeing Will and goes home and hugs his mother. Joyce is upset after seeing what is keeping her from Will and mm-hmm. hugs her son. That it ends on sons hugging their mothers pulls at you. 
Oh. I have daughters, so I guess I didn't really. Pick yeah, but up Nancy on that. came in and hugged her mom when she realized Barb's probably missing. Yeah. Okay. Because she because she did the walk into the kitchen thing, hug mom and cry, and so did Will later in the episode. That's true. Uh, which damn it, she just Karen really just wants to help somebody. Yeah, she was like, "Oh my god, I can finally hug." Right. Uh, parting thoughts. Barb takes her glasses off when she wakes up in the pool. Now I know they were cracked, but even if my glasses were cracked, I wouldn't take them off. I'm so blind without my glasses that I wouldn't be able to see anything. True so did, that. So did Barb really need glasses or were they just for fashion? No, I think she really, well, she might not be that blind. Uh, did Joyce get an employee discount on her lights? God, we hope so. So Harper, like Harper? Do you mean Hopper? Probably. Maybe autocorrect was not her friend. So Hopper likes smart girls. There's hope for us all now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there is. I still think he's um, Bullock's cousin. Oh my God, he probably is. The poor dog in the buyer house. I want to pet him so much. I know. He's not getting enough pets and attention. Not near enough. Okay. Um, so now we're going to move on to the body, which I'd apologize for art, but I will not. <laughs> Uh, she says, pieces fall into place. The body. I know last episode, Holly Jolly had a lot of moving parts, and it could have been mid-season finale if the series was longer. This episode, The Body, would have been a great episode to kick off a season with. Everyone has their own part of the puzzle to figure out, and you can see it coming together, even though everyone thinks they're alone. (gasps) The boys have their piece of the puzzle with Elle and her being able to channel Will. You can tell how they are equally happy and scared to know Will might be alive and they can't get to him. The scenes with the boys and Elle this episode were great to watch. I know some folks were complaining that the boys were forcing Elle into the stereotype of what a girl should be. I don't think they were doing it to control her or make her something she wasn't. These are preteen boys from the 80s and they aren't woke to feminism yet. No, no. They know. Plus, I think I think dressing her up the way they did, it was they were trying to be as inconspicuous as possible. They know this is how other girls in their lives dress, and they needed to fit her in at the school. There you go. They didn't see it as any different than Black Widow putting on a low cut dress and heels to sneak into a party. She's playing a part to get her where she needs to go, and everyone in her group knows she will kick ass and take names. And she's all out of names. Uh, or Elle will just make you piss your pants, which is also a pretty neat party trick. Oh my gosh. That was amazing. We I still also, love that. We also get to see how amazing Hopper is with or without his badge on or anything. I mean, <laughs> what? <laughs> you, you're such a per. I have a type. You have a type. I have a type. Yeah. It's the anti-hero. I know, which, right? strangely enough, Hopper actually fits into. I know. He is an anti-hero. Uh, An anti-hero, by definition, is a hero who doesn't actually want to be the hero, but ends up being the hero. That's the definition of an anti-hero. I just like Loki because he's a villain. I drop my mic, but you'd yell at me. I would. The scenes with him and Joyce, or him with Jonathan, will tear out heart. He opens up to Joyce as a parent who knows how much it hurts to lose a child and how easy it is to want to give up. You can tell he is hurting right along with Joyce. You also get that hint that Hopper and Joyce knew each other before when Hopper is telling Jonathan how strong Joyce is and that she's always been strong. Yeah. Even though the case is sort of closed, Hopper isn't ready to set it aside and know something is off the second he hears that the normal doctor is gone and someone else did the autopsy. 
Hopper is totally related to our favorite Gotham Gop, cop based on how if normal policing won't get him what he wants, he will beat the shit out of you to get it. I mean, that's true. Plus, he also has an angry hat that serves him well. He does. He does. Cousin Harvey. Cousin Hopper. Yep. Totally. So, Gina, when you write that fic, let me know. <laughs> you can tell Hopper. Yes. Yes, I did. Yeah, she did. She means it, too. <laughs> you can- Sorry, Hope keeps tweeting. Uh, I have to... Getting notifications. Uh, you can tell Hopper is out of fucks now when he realized that wasn't <laughs> Will and he's going to get some answers because he has bolt cutters to get them. Yes, he does. So while Harper is doing real police work, he has left Tweedledee, Tweedledum and Tweedledumber in charge of finding Barb and they can suck so much and poor Nancy has to deal with these assholes questioning her about changing her clothes. They do mention Barb's car is now gone, so we can see the government people are getting smarter about how to handle folks disappearing, and since Barb is a teen, they have an easier time of making it look like a runaway. Yeah. I do have an issue with this scene that I missed on my first viewing. Okay. Nancy tells them she says something odd in the woods, and the two idiots tell her she saw a bear. This is wrong for two reasons. One, it's November, and bears should be hibernating by this time of the year. Okay. Realizing our listeners that Gina lives in Indiana. Indiana. Uh, the, two, this is the big reason we don't have bears in Indiana. Oh, God. They're just, you could also chalk it up to they're just real dumb. Uh, she says it was a big deal about two years ago when a black bear was spotted in my county because Indiana hadn't seen a bear since 1871 and it came over from Michigan. These, Jesus. These two are beyond bad at their jobs. They are so bad they're making up wildlife we don't even have to get out of <laughs> They're like, IDK it was probably a tiger. And everybody's like, I don't think that sounds like a real thing. And they're like, no, it was probably a tiger. It was, it Shut was up. Totally a tiger. <laughs> shut up they're afraid of horses it's fine <laughs> they are uh i don't think karen was mad at nancy for not telling the whole truth about her and steve i don't think i never thought she was i think she's hurt that nancy didn't talk to her and maybe she's worried that nancy could be holding something back that could find barb and i got the distinct impression that she was worried about steve because she was shaken up i think she was worried did he force himself on her is everything yeah. okay? Yeah. She's a mom and she wants yeah. her children and their friends to be all right. Uh, we now have the start of Team Janancy. Janancy, Jesus. And there's a piece of the puzzle is the picture showing what really took Barb and Will. I do like that Jonathan admitted he was wrong to take the pictures and realizing what he did was odd. This also gives Jonathan proof that his mother isn't cracking up from the stress of losing Will and that maybe his brother is still alive after all. Parting thoughts. Okay. <clears throat> Mike is really good with makeup. I can see him getting into theater and LARPing in the 90s when he goes to college. Yeah. Uh, The looks between Lucas and Dustin when Mike is tripping over himself. When Elle comes out in the wig and dress, Lucas, really? Dustin, oh, it's so cute that Mike's finding a girl. Wait till I tell Will. (laughs) Dustin's like, oh, Jesus. Dustin's the guy that's like, I cannot believe I'm friends with you idiots. I know. I love you, but you're idiots. He, He well, this episode, The Flea and the Acrobat, kind of seals that deal. Yeah. Uh, uh, she says, no one will stand by if you're an asshole and you piss your pants, not even your friend. And I just realized what a lame party Steve had. It was only four other people. And we are we sure Steve is popular? Is he just pretty? <laughs> I wondered that myself. I'm not sure he's even pretty. Yeah. Of course, yeah. then again, I'm old. 
That's true. That um, it's hard to. I'm like you're an infant. So um, <coughs> let's do a tiny bit of housekeeping, or a lot of housekeeping. Okay. Real quick before we get into the episode proper, we do have feedback from Gina for after the episode. Yes. But I want to get through the recap first. Um, we have in fact decided that we are. Well, you decided. Okay, tell me what I decided again. Sorting. Oh yeah. Yeah, we're gonna sort we're gonna sort these assholes. We will be um sorting into Hogwarts houses. Eee. It was suggested to us, we've discussed it, we've gotten feedback. Apparently it's a thing now. Plus I like it. Um we we usually end up sorting at some point. Anybody. So um we It's been will, like a year since we've done a sorting cast. Did we decide we were doing it at the end of episode eight? podcast or were we going to try and put something in between eight and season episode one of season two we had talked I'm about putting you on the spot yes we, I had, we had talked about doing the sorting and the preview cast kind of at the end of kind eight. of at the end of eight okay rather than have a separate cast so episode eight will be an extra long podcast yeah don't think anyone's going to complain yeah uh so yeah get your uh gina i'm i'm waiting i'm waiting jimmy's already given us feedback jimmy's ahead of you yep and he gets pretty detailed, and he goes with cross houses. I'm just going to put that yes. out there. Um, so, um, the, the, I will tell you the most dangerous cross combination you will not fuck with this person is a Slitherpuff. Is there such a thing? I yeah, I think there is, and you will die. They will bake you cookies, but the second you turn on them, Ooh. they will murder your ass. He's got a Slitherpuff on the list. Tune in to find out who. Oh, that was really stupid, but you know, I've drank wine. Drunk, <laughs> drunk wine? I've drunk wine? I don't know, whatever. Um, so is that, so that's, uh, is that all our housekeeping? So we're going to be doing that, but, um, speaking of feedback, you can send us an email. Yeah. Um, at randomtpodcast at gmail.com or on Twitter, like Kim does, at randomtpod, no, randomtcasts. There you go. Or on Tumblr at randomtpodcast.tumblr.com. Or on Facebook at facebook.com slash randomtpodcast. Yes. And if you don't want to remember any of that, you can just go to our website, randomtpodcast.com. Scroll to the bottom and there's links to all that shit. Yeah, there is. And while you're on our website, check out our other podcast. Gotham starts tomorrow night. Tomorrow, yeah. And we're yep, casting it this weekend. We're casting it on Saturday. So you got two days to watch, rewatch, and send us podca- uh, podcast. Send us feedback. <laughs> I mean, you can send us a podcast if you yeah, want. Yeah, you can send us a podcast. We'll publish that shit. <laughs> We're easy. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that's... I'm kind of looking kind of forward excited, to, yeah. yeah. Our preview cast is out there, so you've got, like, less than 24 hours to, to listen to that. Um, sorry. Not sorry. Before the episode. Right. So, yeah, I mean, we got Gotham's coming out. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is still TBD. We still don't have a date for it. Whenever We're expecting it. coming out. Yeah. Um... American Gods eventually. Um, we got some movies coming out for. We've got our Halloween movie, Zombieland. Got the Blu-ray in the other day. Oh my god, that's great! I like five bucks off Amazon. Woo, woo. Do you need a copy? I can get you a copy. Um, I'm gonna search and see if I can find it somewhere else. But if I if I can't, yeah, find I've got it. it. Yeah, now, I I own it. I figured I'm, it's a good excuse as any to own Zombieland. Yeah, uh, but also for Christmas, I can't. Family Stone. Why can't I remember that? Because you are trying to block it out. That's true. Uh, so we've got that coming up for Halloween and Christmas specials. Um, we're also an upcoming podcast in a couple of years when it comes out. 
Good Omens. Yes. Uh, Good Omens has started filming. That's got David Tennant in it. It's another. And um, Michael Sheen. It's going to be awesome. It's based on a book by Neil Gaiman. And Terry Pratchett. And Terry Pratchett. Yeah. Um, and if you like Neil Gaiman, then check out our American Gods podcast because that's, that's all Neil Gaiman all the time. Yeah. So um, that's that's a long way off. But that's going to be a mini series. And we do already plan on podcasting that because reasons. Yes. There you go. Um, Thor comes out <gasps> November 3rd. <laughs> um, yeah, we got a lot of stuff. It's it's the season. Yeah. The season is starting. So anything you, um, if you would like to help support us, there is a link on our website that says throw money at us, literally. Uh, we would like to thank both Peter and Greg for your contributions. Thank That's you. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you very much. Uh, any amount helps us keep the lights on, keeps our hosting at Unlimited, so you can listen to everything straight from our website anytime you want. There you go. So, but um, but um, Yeah. You ready? All right. Let's do it. All right. Directed by This Made It Easy, the Duffer Brothers. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, written by Allison Tatlock, who um, had some credits. Um just a smattering of TV here and there, so she looks like she's newish, at least, to things that are credited on IMDb. Okay. Um, kind of akin to the Duffer Brothers. Um, so, we start out at, right where we left off with Hopper doing a dumb. It's a noble dumb. It's a but noble it's a dumb. dumb. Thank you very much. Um, which is so, it, th- this is so much fun for me. Um, so, he's, he's into the lab, and these scientists find him, and he's like, uh, or these scientists, you see him walk by and he's like creeping around and, um, we, we see him come to the area that's starting to be cordoned off with like the biohazard warnings and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And, um, this guard comes up and I love the way, Ho- and, and this is actually the, the clip they showed at the Emmys of Hopper being like, God, no, no, I'm Jim Hopper. Like, yeah, I think you called that that was the scene that they yeah. were, that the Emmy was based on. Oh my on. God, it was great. Um, he he just he's like no he tries to bullshit his way out and then the second he can see that they're not believing him he punches <laughs> i love him so, so much great. and so um he uh he he knocks one of them out and he pulls he pulls uh his gun on the guard and then he's like he takes the badge and um he he starts uh he starts looking around some more and it's like oh my god this is so great i kind of love rogue hopper he, it's so ill-advised, and I keep thinking, like, this is going to go on your permanent record. But, like, <laughs> it's so much fun to watch. It it really is. He He's ag- a force of nature when he feels like giving a shit about something. Well, it's like Gina said. His field of fucks has yep. been mowed down. Yep. And there you go. There you go. So. Um, well, and I, I think probably part of it is he's like, my daughter's gone. What else are you going to take from me? Well, his daughter's gone. Um, he's he's split no with wife. his wife. He doesn't. Yeah. We assume a wife. Um, he seems to have no real ties. Yeah. He really is pretty much in a, he's got nothing to lose. But there's also a child's life is at stake. Yep. And I think that's what's really driving him. Yeah. Lone Road Cop. <laughs> so it's, um, a, it's one of my favorite tropes. So. I know, right? And uh, so. See, see, see Lethal Weapon. Yeah. Which um, comes back this week. And Human starts, starts this week, too. BTS. Oh, it happens. Um, yeah, it, it starts airing online. Yeah, I've yeah. got my DVR ready. Um, so terrible Lonnie, who is terrible. Ugh. Um, he is pouring Joyce a drink, and he's like, uh, she's like, I can't, I can't feel Will anymore, and so she's kind of panicked. But I will say, the last thing she said to Will was run. 
run away. Yeah. Because run. the thing mm-hmm. was coming through or whatever. Um, and so she's like, so you think I'm crazy? And he's like, yeah, pretty much. And, um, so he's, he's like, well, why, why don't you talk to somebody? And she's still pretty steadfast in, I know what I know. I saw what I saw. I heard him. I felt him. Doesn't she say, I know everyone thinks I'm crazy, but. Mm -hmm. Pretty much. And Lonnie's like, yeah, yeah, you're nuts. I think you're crazy. Like, oh, it's all in your head. He tries to kind of soften it, but he's still, you know, terrible. Um, So we go back to Hopper really quick and he's calling for Will. He, you can tell he's convinced that Will is here. And so he finds this yeah, cell. It's not, it's not a questioning. It's a, he, I'm calling out to you. Yeah. yeah. And so he, um, he finds this, uh, this cell with a stuffed animal. And, um, I assume this is where Eleven was. I, yeah. I mean, what else? Um, and so the audience knows this, but again, Hopper doesn't. He just sees children paraphernalia and he sees a little, a child's sketch taped to the wall. And this is, and I think it says Papa. Okay, um, and it's remember. the it's 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 eleven with her it's quote unquote dad, dad. Um, and so you're like, okay, the thick plotins. But again, one of the cool things about eleven having short hair is on the stick drawing, all you see is a kid with short short brown hair. What does yeah, Will have? Short brown Will, hair. It could not be. Yeah. Um. So we go to um. We go to Mike's house and. Um, the three boys are trying to figure out what Will was saying. And Eleven, I love it because they're, they're just like back and forth, back and forth. And finally Eleven's like upside down. Um, and Mike's like, he starts thinking, okay, when she said she was trying to show them with the D&D board where Will was, she flipped it over. This is, this is where we see Mike as the leader character. He ties um, the threads he together. He ties the threads together, which yeah. is what um, leaders do. Um, and I thought that was very interesting. It's the board. Okay, I just want to say the board really bugs me because you don't have boards in D anD. D. Okay, I wondered about that myself. I think it I didn't was think solely there. Its sole purpose was to to have something to flip over ups, to give them something to illustrate the upside down. But when you're playing D anD, D, you don't necessarily have a board. I wish they would have just made it a rando game board. It, I don't know what it was. Cause, but they had, like, the pieces on it. Now, that's not unusual. You did have a uh, character. Yeah, but it was like they were things. moving squares. Yeah, because so that's... The, the game is too complex to be confined to a yeah. linear Yeah, and if you thing. can see the map ahead, then it kind of runs the story or whatever. But so Exactly. Uh, so It was but, weird. But I, I get why they did it, though. But I yeah, wondered that myself. Yeah, and I, I mean, I'm not even a D&D aficionado. But. I'm not saying that people didn't have random boards from random games that they used as. And there was, I remember there even being like a, a, a tile-based game that you built it. At, like each player had a stack of tiles and you built the game as you went. Oh yeah. Yeah. And you had the little I think figures. I, know what you're talking about. I don't remember what the game, but, uh, but you know, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. You kind of built it as you went. Yeah. It was kind of like a, uh, Axis and allies, but more dungeons and dragons. I mean, there's but so many- knowing that they played that game for like eight hours, that game was way too complex to be confined to a board to like a that. Single- yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, but I think it was there to illustrate. Now we have upside, the upside down. down and yeah. the, the, the Gorgon. Gorg- yeah. Thing was, yeah. 
Gormagar- now, yeah, the little no. figurines, the little figures, I mean, those were yeah. just to show your, it was just a visual of your yeah. character, which was yeah. just fun. Which was so just anyway, cool. But yeah, she, he does pull it all together and her turning the board upside down and he pulls it as the other side, an alternate dimension. Like what if Will is here, but not here? And he was at the he was at home at his house, but just not, like Eleven said he was. But what if she wasn't lying? Yeah, right. And so we see we get another shot of Hopper um, continuing to search. He can hear at this point. You can hear an alarm starting to go in the distance, um, and he takes an elevator down. And I'm like, don't go down there, baby. Don't don't do it. But he gonna. Um, and so this is when Dustin kind of tries to equate the Upside Down to the Veil of Shadows. Well, it's to give them... Context. Context in something that they already know. And, yeah. of course, uh, also there's the whole uh, Lord of the Rings uh, reference yeah. there. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so he's like, he's like, um, it's decay, it's death, it's filled with monsters. And the little bit we've seen of this other place, that all checks out. Because <laughs> it seems <laughs> terrible. He's not wrong. Yeah. So um, we see um, Hopper enter the, the sub-basement, and this is the place that's been kind of overrun with whatever is coming out from the Upside Down. Can we just call it Ash for lack of a better descriptor? Yes, because I don't think it's as benign as Ash. I think it's probably decaying well, material from whatever this well, and it's place is. Not... Um, we don't see... I don't think it's snow. Well, we don't see evidence of a fire. No. We don't see any other evidence of... In fact, of it looks very moist. Weather? Yeah. Um, But something that moist wouldn't float around as much. But, okay, but again, for, for We're going to call it ash because we don't know what else to call it. For lack it. of an identifier. So, yeah. As opposed to that stuff floating around. Yeah. Um, And so this is when um the boys are, are trying to figure out... Because... What struck me in this is Eleven knows some stuff. She's seen some shit. She's seen some shit. She just like the dog in the Daggerfall Castle. She's she's seen seen some some shit. shit. Um, she clearly like has this ability to tune in to Will and whatever's over there, but she doesn't have answers to a lot of these questions. And I think that's what frustrates Lucas is he's like clearly you know shit. Tell me what's going on, and she doesn't have the kind of answers that he wants. And as somebody who questions a lot, well, I empathize with that feeling of like, just tell me. Yeah, but also she she lacks this ability to communicate properly because she has not been raised True. in a society True. of communication. Yeah. Um. So there's that too. Yeah. Um. Also, I have to point out that there, the Daggerfall reference is a ESO, ESO, or Elder Scrolls Online reference and i apologize for throwing that out there yeah uh so yeah uh so she yeah she seems to very much lack and it's it's consistent with her character though yeah and because she can confirm stuff it's almost like if you ask her the right question yeah she can go oh yeah and it's pretty much yes or no yeah yeah because they ask um how they can get to the upside down and she just nods and you're like, okay, that wasn't really a yes-no question, but all right, we'll start there. Um, and so this is when Hopper gets really close to whatever is coming out of this tear, breach, hole, whatever. Um, Rip. Yeah. Thing. 
and he starts like touching it and then um don't touch the thing i know i was like baby don't do that and so um this is when he gets nabbed by hazmat men and they drug him and uh like they stick a needle in his neck and, and he's unconscious and so you're like what's happening um so the next morning uh jonathan shows up he comes he comes back home and he finds mom and dad sitting on the couch, which you can tell Jonathan's completely does not trust his dad, completely weirded out by no. the whole thing. No. Um, I think I get a lot of it is we're just fine without you. Thanks. Um, and so this is when Joyce is like, well, your dad's going to stay for the night and da, da, da. And she specifically says on the couch, on the couch. And so, which I liked, I liked her not getting sucked back into him romantically. Okay. So I see where you're coming from. As an audience member, yeah, that's that's fine. However, um, I don't feel like she needed to justify herself to her son. No, but you got to think about they also don't have a typical mother son relationship. That's true. That's He's very yeah. much kind of more of a partner to her than a son. But if that were true, then she wouldn't need to justify because he would already know. True. That's the point of view I'm coming from. She yeah. wouldn't need to say, because if she's, if she has to go that extra step with someone who's supposed to be her partner and trust her yeah. in all things, then that sounds like a cover up. But also Joyce, what I've seen of Joyce, she gets really insecure around Lonnie. That's another. Lonnie does not bring out the best in her. That's another marker of an abusive, manipulative relationship. Yes, it is. And so, um. This is when, uh, you know, he sees the hole in the wall and he's like, um, what the what mom? And, um, he's, he wants to talk to her about, cause now he believes it. He believes that she saw something. They're talking about a monster. Mm-hmm. He saw something weird on the photograph. Like he's, and again, independent corroboration with what Nancy saw. He's like, maybe mom's not crazy. And so this is when he's like, I'll just get out. And so he's like, I, I want to talk to you, mom. And so they talk and he's like, or, or um, he talks to his dad and uh, Lonnie's like, your mom's real sick. And, da, da, da. and Jonathan's like, no, no, you're making everything worse. This she's, he thinks she actually might be telling the truth. And um, Lonnie's like, no, don't feed into this and da, da, da. And he's like, no, you've got to, you've got to behave like normal at Will's funeral and da, 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 da for your mom. And I was like, what a fuck up. Oh, I just I hate Lonnie. I hate Lonnie so much. I know. And I totally agree with you. And Lonnie is playing the manipulator. And But I'm always going to find that other point of view. You've always got to argue the other Lonnie side. Lonnie is not completely wrong. No. From Lonnie's point of view, this is, it is all crazy. Because yeah. come on. Yeah. Come on. Again, because the audience is like, no, he's com- she's completely justified right. because we've seen what we've seen. But we've from, seen some shit. But from, <laughs> we've seen some shit. We have seen Just some like shit. Just like that dog at Tiger Fall Castle, he's seen some shit. He has. Um, I've murdered a lot of people in front of that poor And the color-changing cat. And the color-changing cat. Bless that cat. Um, <laughs> but Lonnie's not wrong. From his point of view, Joyce is, in fact, crazy. And Jonathan does need to not feed into those hallucinate hallucinations if he didn't have the ulterior motive we see later i would say sure or before yeah yeah the ulterior motive is yeah 100 percent there yeah with you i'm not saying 
that our suspicions of Lonnie are wrong because he's a total dirtbag. Yeah. And he, I have no fucks where he is concerned and he just needs to get the fuck out. Yeah. But. Yeah. I always have to argue the other side. Yeah. But, and also like my dad had a deadbeat dad and. Oh, mine's not entirely the best either. Yeah. And so like, I understand that like, please don't possess your computer. Um, so like I completely understand the anger and oh yeah and everything. I totally this Jonathan's get it. like, yeah. no, you didn't want to fucking be around earlier, so oh, you no. can just leave now. We're yeah, good. I, We're better off without you. Oh, I'm far more on Jonathan's side than I will ever be yeah. on Lonnie's yeah. side. Um, so we go to Will or no? But Will's. what? But even if Lonnie weren't the dirtbag that he was, is this not the same thing someone would say? Yeah, I mean it is. Okay. That's my, that's my I mean, whole Hopper point. thought she was nuts, too. When he talked to her, he's right, like, exactly. And if, he if, was just a little more sympathetic about it. So, yeah, if you take Lonnie out of the situation, you put Hopper in that, and he says the exact same thing. He was just more sympathetic about it, like, I've been there. True facts. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to s- stop trying to defend Lonnie, but I'm not trying to defend. Um. So, we go to Mike's house, and um, it's, it's kind of sad because this ineffective dad is trying to help Mike get dressed for the funeral. And the whole thing is half the people at this funeral don't really think he's dead. <laughs> Cause none of the boys do. No. And Joyce doesn't. And now no. Jonathan's starting to wonder too. Yeah. And so there Nancy is as well because she's holding out hope for Barb and by extension, uh, will. And so, um, Karen's helping Nancy. Um, and she's like, Oh, do you want to wear the, the heels or whatever? And she's like, no, I'm fine. And, like, Nancy's kind of shell-shocked. Well, and, again, I, I get that, but also okay. Nancy's trying. Karen is talking about the heels. That's, uh, it's kind of a rite of passage for, you know, your daughter wearing heels. Or it, it was. It's not now because, damn, my daughter wears some fucking, I know, serious, I know. like, five-inch heels. I'm like, damn, son. Yeah. Uh, how do you not fall down? So it's kind of a rite of passage, and Karen's trying to, I don't want to say she's not bribing her. It's almost like when she's like, you want to go to the video store and rent an R rated movie? It's kind of like it, things are shitty. Do you want something nice? Would you like something nice? Yeah. Karen, would you like, to, uh, Nancy, would you like to look nice in, in these heels? And I think um, Nancy's like to the point to, where she's like, I got more shit on my mind than heels. Well, and it's also, um, cause this is bigger her, than Karen knows it is true, but it's also, I mean, but Karen's perception of everything is like this big, right? But Karen's trying to help Nancy feel more mature. I mean, there's the whole, you know, the boyfriend thing and the sex thing and all right. this. Karen's trying to help treat her more of an adult to try and get her to open i mean because karen she's trying she's she's got the playbook out she's trying everything she's everything ted is not i know ted's like um so we see at this point we kind of go back and forth we see will's dog go into his fort which can i just say that fort's awesome um dog's alive jonathan is trying to tie his tie lonnie goes in to see to tell joyce that it's time to go to the funeral um and so then we go to the funeral and um the fakerel i know it's just kind of dumb because the boys are like oh my god my sweet my sweet baby dustin because and in that moment i was dustin it's like (laughs) will's gonna shit a brick when he finds out so and so is crying at his funeral and they're like boys and he's like i want to be like he's not dead (laughs) it was great it was great um and so um Everybody uh, puts their flowers on the coffin, and it's this big thing. 
and they were they were yellow roses. Do you know what yellow roses stand for? Friendship. Remember? Yes. Ding 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 ding. Yay! You win. What prize do I get? Um, nothing. Okay. Because you can't have my wine okay. since you drank yours already. Shut up. Um, and so this is when Joyce, uh, she just kind of, you can tell she's kind of on autopilot. And I know everybody's probably looking at that going, oh, grief. Yeah. Does things to you. Um, but I, I took it as she's like, nope, I still got shit to do. I got to, yeah, get she's my, noped out of the situation. I got to get my yeah. son home. Like this is something I have to do socially, but also like I got shit to do. Social obligations, man. Yeah. I would like to think that were I in her shoes, I would not even be there. But yeah, I think you almost have to at that point. Yeah. Um, and so we get a flashback of Will being at home and this is, I love these flashbacks cause you really see Joyce being a good mom. Yes. Um, she may be a little flighty, um, little, but like, she's a good mom. She's talking to him about one of his D and D characters and fireballs. And she's really like, Man, she she doesn't quite get it, but you can tell she's doing the whole like I'm I'm enthused about it because you're enthused about it. She's talking about she's, fireballs, but why does he need him if he's so smart? And she's expressing interest in something that her son is doing. I think she understands it more than she thinks than she's putting across. Right, right. Um but she's giving him the the confidence boost that he knows more than she does. Yep. It's, it's a, it's a parent play. Well, but I also have to say, I, I kind of have gotten the impression from Joyce is she's one of those parents that she's like, listen, kid way smarter than I'll ever ever be. Oh yeah. Um, and I think she's kind of accepted that at some point because we saw in when she was finally talking to him through the membrane or whatever. And she's like, tell me what to do. Yeah. So I think, I think Joyce kind of, and, as we see it with Lonnie, she kind of devalues herself, even with her sons. That's true. She, she really automatically does. is like, Will's way smarter than me. Because I know a lot of parents that are like that. Oh, you're way smarter than me. She does know that wizards are supposed to be wise. Yes. Because if he's so wise, then why does he need the fireballs? Can't and I he, love it that she kind of made him think about that. Why, why can't he just talk his way out of it? And sometimes intelligence isn't enough. Right. And she says she's going to have to get him more crayons because it looks like he's throwing cabbages. It was great. I really, I really like these flashbacks. And again, and you know what? She got him more crayons. It's what, like a 30 second scene? We got more depth and breadth in that one conversation I know. than it's great. a season of, of, of Jim Gordon on Gotham. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so this is when, uh, Hopper wakes up and he's like, the fuck because it looks like he's just been on a bender he's got all these beer cans and he remembers enough that he's like completely freaked out grabs his gun runs outside nobody's there um he can't find any mark from when they uh, hopped him up on drugs and he starts searching his house for bugs and i was like oh honey you're on the crazy train now too yeah he is and so but he finally finds one yeah, he does. And that that feeling of validation mm-hmm. is so prevalent on this actor's face yes. when he finds it. It's of so relief and also complete vindication and I'm gonna get these fuckers. It almost makes me believe that on this set 
they hid the bug somewhere and didn't tell him where he was. And he had to find it. And he literally had to find it himself. You never know. They could have done that. I loved it. Because now you also see him being like, all right, they are hiding something. They wouldn't have gone to this trouble if they weren't hiding something. You don't just do this if somebody sneaks into your completely upfront facility. And I believe I mentioned it was the episode one podcast that wiretapping was the big deal. I mean, it it still kind of is, but it was new that the, um, the FBI was Was listening. Everybody was listening. Oh, what's his name? The FBI dude. Hoover. Hoover was listening in on everybody. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it was a, a, a Watergate. Well, and the Watergate tapes and, you know, it, people were more aware of this technology exists and we can be listened to and recorded at any time. But literally, but, but the, again, the actors, that look of validation, he didn't speak through this entire scene and just. Yeah. And so we get more validation right behind it because we go to the lab and Dr. Brenner is there and he's listening to. Uh, Joyce's conversation with Will. And it's like, okay. We got, you know, we got some shit going on and it's not just people being grief stricken. Um, So we go to the cemetery and Jonathan and Nancy are talking about the monster and they're like, okay, we're going to go, we're going to go looking for it. And I was like, okay, I get that intellectually, but also please don't do that. And so Jonathan's like, uh, he's going to get a gun from his dad. Um, and Nancy's like, that sounds dumb. And he's like, what are you, what are you going to do? If we run into this thing and we go looking for it, you just want to scream? No, we're going to kill this thing. And <laughs> yeah, so I was like, are. I was like, again, I got, I got to agree with that reasoning, but please don't do the thing. Um, and so, yeah. Um, so this is when uh, we have oh, the principal. He seems kind of bumbling too. Um, he has a repair man uh, looking at the ham radio that got burned out the previous episode, and he he's like, "It's the darndest thing!" and da da da. And so we see the repair guy leave the school and go into the uh, the van, and <gasps> dun, dun, dun. he's with the lab people. Because he gives, like, a very, like, significant look. They're all pod people. They're all pod people. Um, So we go to uh, the uh, funeral home, whatever it is. I think it's like a fellowship home. Like some kind of, like, a... I bet they have, like, town meetings here or something. Yeah, Yeah. and um, so she's she's just kind of, again, she's just kind of shell-shocked. Because normally this is something you would hold at your home. Yes, yes. But not Joyce's home. No. And so this is, <laughs> yeah, it's almost like a cafeteria type, kind of, like a yeah. church cafeteria or something. Almost, yeah. I yeah. think I'm thinking more like a town hall. Yeah, like because this is a small town, like the VA town not meeting, the VA, but the town meeting. Oh my god! No, city hall. You just made it a nightmare. Yes, reference. I did. Thank you for noticing. Oh my god! Like the VFW or something like that. Um. So, uh, the boys talk to their science teacher, Mr. Clark, and they're like, so theoretically, they start so talking about theory. other words, uh, other worlds. But they know his buzzword. They do. They, they do, do know the buzzword. They, and they get him going, and he starts talking about the parallel universes. So, okay, what I love about this scene is he starts out trying to be the concerned... How you doing? I don't want to say doing, boys? parental, yeah. but almost. He's, like he's very parental. Figure. He's very parental with these boys. Yeah. And he's trying to, you know, 
Yeah, it's gonna be things. You know, it's gonna be fine. Da, da, da. And they're like, and they're like, anyway, science. Yeah, but but he can see that they need the distraction. Yeah, yeah. And so he, he goes sits, with it. He goes with it, and that makes him an incredible teacher. Yeah, I really I think, like him a lot. I think Neil deGrasse Tyson would be pleased. Oh, I think so too. And I like that he explained it because okay, you got to look at it like he's explaining it to children, but he's also explaining it to an audience. Mm-hmm. That's probably mm-hmm. not versed in these theories. That his this is his entire character's reason for being right. Explain this, this right here, and so it's possible to travel sideways and upside down, but it would take a lot of energy to this to is, punch a hole through. Correct. This is the flea and the acrobat. Yes. Yes. Explanation that. And he said it's and pretty matter of factly, he's like it's way more energy than humans can currently generate. It's like, it's not possible. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so Mike's like, what if? Theoretically. Theoretically, it did exist. And he's like, oh, well, you'd be able to find it really easily because it would disrupt gravity. Um, it would have all these anomalies around it. And the boys are like, okay, good to know. Good to know. Theoretically, of course. Just for theory's sake. Um, and so we see, uh, Carl and Lenny show up at Hopper's trailer. Carl and Lenny. And they're like, hey, boss, you okay? And they see, like, the wanton destruction. And they're like, we tried calling, but uh, we couldn't get through. And he's like, oh, yeah. Um, anyway, and he, like, <laughs> doesn't he, like, close well, the door? Don't they tell him that a couple of guys went hunting and they didn't come back around the same place that Will disappeared? Yep. And so uh, he tells them that he's going to handle it. And they're like, are you sure? Because they basically, like, give him the side eye, like, you look pretty drunk. Well, don't, they said something about if he's off his meds. Because we yeah. do see him taking medication. We do. Through we the do. first half of this, this show. We do. Um, of course, we haven't finished it. so But we haven't seen him take any in at least Lately. an episode. Yeah. So. Um, and he's like, no, uh, I'll, I'll take care of it. And they're like, oh, by the way, the, the state troopers, again with the stateies, Found uh, found Barb's car, so she was totally a runaway. At the it's bus fine. station. At the bus station. So yeah. She they totally tried, ran away. It's fine. They tried to blame so many missing kids on running away in the 80s. Yep. It was the excuse du jour. Yep. It was tropey. Um, and so they drive away, and this is when they ask. They're like, you think he's off his meds? <laughs> yes, he is. So, yeah. Um, so, when... Joyce and Lonnie get back to the house. He is going to fix the wall. And he starts taking down the Christmas lights. And she's like, um, don't do that. So this is me at your house. And you're like, don't do that. <laughs> no, you wouldn't try to take them down. You respect my space. That's true. You just um, try to take down my Halloween decorations. No, I would never do that. You would never do that. I would never do you that. You lose a hand. See, because we're not terrible people like Lonnie. See, that's Lonnie's true. terrible. That's true. And so she puts him back up. And you know what? Who the fuck cares if that's how she's coping right now? Right? As far as he's concerned, their little boy just died. Like, if she wants to string up some fucking Christmas lights. String up some fucking Christmas lights. Exactly. Like, now if this was like maybe nine months down the road, maybe, yeah, we need to talk about taking him down. But for now, like, let the girl anything she can do to hold together. And of course, she knows it's far more than that. Um, So she puts him back up. And um, this is when we start getting... Lonnie's like, yeah, I went to the quarry. There's no warning signs there. You know, it's pretty dangerous. And um, she kind of gives him a weird look, but, like, doesn't really think much about it, I don't think. Um, and so we we switch back over to Mike's house. 
And um, the boys start talking to Eleven about, like, do you know where the gate is? And she's like, mm, nah, she can't really verbalize it. And so this is when Dustin has a smart. And he's like, you heard what he said about magnetism. It's going to fuck with compasses. And um, they're all pointing in the same direction. They're like, uh, that's fine. And he's like, no, that's not north. And he's like, basically, if something in the area is trumping true north, that's what it would point to the gate. And, uh, and this so is the proud. scene in which I am Dustin. Because I was so proud of him. When I was looking to buy a condo, mm-hmm. which it's been almost four years since I bought my condo. Oh my gosh. When I was, and you remember when I, I was do. looking at condos and, and, and what you didn't see was every one that I walked into, I would, okay, which way's east? Of course you did. Which way's the sun come up? Yeah, of course you did. Cause um, you're a vampire. Cause that's, that's, that's true facts. So I have a very dark condo now. Yes, you do. <laughs> so... So there you go. Um, so yeah, when when you're at home though, you know which direction is. I bet you could tell me right now. We're sitting in your house. You could tell me right now which way was north. Oh, north. Which way does the sunrise? Sunrise is where? I don't know. Don't call me a liar, man. <laughs> Where's the sunrise? It sets over there. Oh, then. <laughs> Good God, woman. That's it. You're fired. You have to move out of your own home. Oh my gosh. I'm sorry. I proved you wrong with my dumbness. God, I'm not mad. You're just disappointed. I'm just disappointed. It's fine. Um, so anyway, so we go back to, to Joyce's house and Lonnie's taking a shower and, um, good on you, Joyce. She goes through his wallet. And in this point, I was Joyce cause I'm that nosy bitch. Um, especially if I don't trust somebody, like I'm a snoop. Um, and so she goes through his wallet and she finds this, uh, this lawyer flyer, wrongful death, stuff like mm-hmm. that. And so she's like, Oh fuck this asshole. He's going to sue the quarry. He wants money. That's why I was out there checking to see if they had signs posted because the story, you know, he was found in the quarry. So they think he died in the quarry at the same time is Lonnie wrong. No, but he's also kind of a vulture. Oh, no. What? I was wrong. The sunset's over there. Oh, okay. So that's north. Okay. That's why I don't care because it sets so far away or it rises so far away from my bedroom that I got the whole house between it. The sun comes up over there and it goes down. So it doesn't really matter for my bedroom. That's why I don't know. But now you know which way is north and south. Now I know. Okay. Sorry, I had to get a compass out. Oh my God, you're such a nerd. Yes, I am. I am. And in this situation, I am Dustin. So anyway, yeah. yes, she... Okay, but again, is Lonnie wrong? No, but I think... I is almost, a wrongful death suit I the wrong move? I think maybe a wrongful it, death suit Are is, his motivations good? No. no. No, I think a wrongful death suit is wrong the day of the funeral. Maybe. Like, you're still grieving over the death of your child. Like, we're lucky Joyce can put pants on at this point. All right. I just... All right. Timing not great. Um, But he's not wrong. No, he's not. And so um, this is when we see Nancy. uh, She's gearing up. She's getting a baseball bat. She's swinging around. But Steve, Steve comes by. Not Steve. He's not a Steve. I'm sorry. No. Um, He comes by and he's like, 
sorry. He apologizes about the whole dick move about his parents and the alcohol. He, and, and He does. He, he recognized. realized he, that was not good. And so he, um, he does ask about Barb. And she's like, he's trying. He's like, no, she's like, no, we, we don't, we haven't heard anything. And he's like, okay, how about we go see a movie? We pretend that everything's normal and we can have a little, a little bit of fun. And she's like, I can't cause of my brother. And she's like, uh, rain check. She's like, I'll call you later. And they kiss and it feels kind of weird cause it is kind of weird. And, um, he's like, no, no, that's fine. And he's really gracious about it. And he, he goes. Is, he is. He's trying to check up on her without being super, ev- super invasive. Evasive. Inva- invasive. Invasive. Yeah. And not evasive, but invasive. Invasive. Yeah. yeah. That's the word I am looking for. He didn't push her for the movie, no. but he wanted to give her the option. And I, I do understand that. It's like, it's kind of like if you're going through some shit, I'm like, okay, do you want me to talk about the thing with you, which I totally will, or do you, we want to ignore the thing and do something cool? And it's, it's a very legit um, coping mechanism is um, when it's been, wow, it's been almost, a, it's been over a year since I had to let Colby go. Oh, yeah, yeah. And when we dropped him off at the vet mm-hmm. and to take care of that, um, my daughter and I went all the way um 45 minutes away to go to a natural museum just to not go home. Yeah. We yeah. didn't want normal. We wanted yeah. to get away yeah. and, and have a, a, have a time away from home where he was not. Yeah. So I, t- it's a totally a coping mechanism. And I, and I get that it's different for different people at different times, but he gave her the option. Yes. And when she said no, he walked away. Yep. He let her say no, which yeah. Steve, got, Steve got some points there. Steve got some points. Yep. Yeah. Um, so we go to, but, okay, but real quick, oh, I do want yeah, to point yeah. out that Nancy was wearing white gloves, fingerless gloves, the, fingerless gloves in this scene. And I was trying to figure out at what point she hurt her hands. I thought they were bandages. Oh, I watched this episode in two parts. I watched it and then like a day later, watched the rest of it. Mm-hmm. And you were like, I don't remember her getting her, her hurting her hands. Oh, no, that's battle gear. I was real confused. It's battle gear, but man. you're right because with a with a baseball bat, you don't want to get splinters or blisters in your yeah. hand. So yeah, she was smart. She was Nancy's a smart cookie. She's not afraid of horses. She's not. Uh, so we go to Joyce's house and she confronts Lonnie's ass and she's like, "You're just here for the money," and he's like. No, I'm here to help, and also for the money, um, because uh, he's like he because he starts saying, "Well, we can use the money. Jonathan can go to college." Da 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 da. And she's like, "You don't even know where he wants to go." And he's like, "Nobody can go wherever he wants." And he, she's like, "He's wanted to go to NYU since he was like four years old." And um, you know, I, I really love that. Again, she knows her boys, um, and Lonnie doesn't. So again, his motives not good. Okay, so. Using the money for Jonathan's college. Sounds great. Sounds great. It's a good motive, but that's not what's happening here. He's using it as cover. Right, right. Um, And so um, he's like, listen, you're so messed up. And she's like, you know what? No. Um, I'm going to keep these lights up as long as there's a chance that Will can still talk to me. And she's like, get the fuck out. And I was so proud of her. So proud of Joyce in this scene. Because you know this, and I know we don't know who did the leaving, um, but if it was Lonnie who did the leaving, 
and now she's kicking him out, I can only imagine how cathartic that feels for oh, her. Oh, yeah. To be like, you know what? I am better off without you. It's probably a good thing you left, but also get your ass out. Now it's my decision. Word. Um, so we see Jonathan um, being terrible at the gun and um, just missing all the cans that he's put out. Nancy shows up. She's a really good shot. And you know what this reminded me of? It? Yes. I thought the exact same thing. It has to be you, Bev. It was meant to be you. It's meant to be you, Nancy. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I thought the exact same thing when I, I was like, well, shit. Yeah. Stephen King, though, man. Stephen King. Stephen King. And so, um, so it, it, she's like, okay. And so they talk about their parents and, um, and Jonathan says, oh, well, they loved each other once. And he assumes Nancy's like, I don't even think my parents love each other. And she goes in this really sad, like, well, my dad was older and he had a good job and then they got pregnant and they moved to the cul-de-sac and da, da, da. And it's really depressing when you rattle off somebody's life like that. And if that's how she views her parents, it's no wonder that she doesn't want to talk to her mother. Yeah. That's how she sees her mom, that her mom just settled. Yeah. Yeah. So and she So why the hell do I want to listen to somebody's advice that did that? Right, but that's She not... doesn't know and she doesn't know everything about their lives. That's the thing yeah. about kids and parents. You don't know everything and you probably don't want to know everything. No. You don't want to know all the dirty laundry. Um but you can tell that how kind of depressed she is at the prospect of it. Um and so this is, you know, we see that she's a really good shot. So uh this is when Hopper calls his ex and I felt, again, man, tugging on the heartstrings. Um, he's like, he just wanted to hear her voice. And he, he doesn't regret that they were married. And no matter what happened. And she's kind of concerned about him. She's like, have you been drinking? He's like, well, no. Yeah, I mean, But yeah. he says no at first and then goes, yeah. And so um, he's like, take care of yourself. He hears a baby crying in the background. Which is the child he doesn't have. Yeah, and that she now has has another child with her new, cause we hear him in the background too, I think. Um, but he also says, tells her to tell Bill. Tell so-and-so Bob, I said, Billy Joe. I said, hi. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, you know what this phone call is? The suicide note. It's the suicide note. Final goodbye. Mm -hmm. I think I'm pretty sure I'm, I'm about die. to do something stupid. I'm, I'm not going to make die. it out of this. I'm about to die. Yeah. Um, he tells her to take care of herself and he hangs up, the phone rings and he yanks it out of the wall because he doesn't trust it. Um, but also it could have been like, Hey, people who are listening to me, you want to hear how sad and down and out I am? Cause you, you'll discount me. No, I you, didn't. You don't think there was any of that? that? No, I didn't get that. I feel like he knows he's being set up. For a, a big fall. Yeah. But he's going to continue to pursue it because a child's life is on the line. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I didn't get this as a fuck you to anything. Yeah. Because that's the thing. We see that Hopper knows that body is fake. He has not shared that with anybody yet. And that's been driving me nuts this entire episode. Is I'm like, oh my God, you have to like at, compare notes with people. But at this point, who's going to believe him? Yeah. Is it going to be... His two deputies? Fuck no. Hell no. So, yeah. And who else has he come into contact with? Yeah. Nobody. So I really feel like that this is a man who's 
Okay, he's got nothing to lose. Yeah. He's got this final mission, and this is a trope. He's got this final mission that's going to, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? You've done bad things, so you try to. Um, shit. Redemption. Yeah. This, this, is, this is what's going to redeem him yeah. in the grand scheme of the world because he couldn't hold on to his daughter. He couldn't hold on to his he's wife. He's going to hold on to Will by God. This is his redemption arc. So he's going to save Will and he will die in the process. Yeah. That's what this scene and says And it's what's me. right and by God he's going to yeah, do it. That's what, this is the hero's goodbye. Yeah. Is what that scene was to me. Not, not a trick not or a anything like that. to the yeah. other side. No. Okay. Not a defiant it was, yeah. it was more of a, it was this, you think it's, it was as sad as it appeared. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's what I got from it. Okay. Um, so we go to the boys and this was the most stand by me sequence. Yes, it was railroad, railroad tied, tracks, everything, everything, the whole nine yards. Oh my yeah. God. It was great. Um, so they're following the compasses and, um, again, Lucas, Lucas to Kim's point, he's like the voice of reason. He's like, is she acting weirder than she was acting before? And she was pretty fucking weird before. <laughs> and so we have Eleven flashing back. Um, she is acting weirder, and here's why. Um, she does the remote uh, remote listening thing. Because he shows, Dr. Brenner shows her a picture of a Russian man. And she asks about, um, uh, about the bat. Or the cat. The cat. The cat. Cat. Remember the cat that hissed at her? Yes. And and she and he's like, is it okay? And it's Brenner that, asks her it's if it's okay. False sense of is honey of is compassion. This okay? And it's not. It's not. He's like, testing. He's testing her to see if she can still feel this other being. Right. Right. And, and it being a cat. Ugh. By the way, the cat is just fine. It hurt. But the cat, it, but the cat's fine. Because even if, even if she would have said no, it's not okay. I don't feel like this would have stopped. And so this is when she gets put in a sensory deprivation tank, um, and she's like weighted down. Um, they they even lower her. Like this is a hardcore tank. They lower her in, and then they pull the winch up. And so she's just floating in there. And um, very um, Return of the Jedi. Yeah. Um, and so we, we get a flashback of Eleven telling Mike to turn back and she's, she, she, you can tell she's bullshitting him because she's not good at bullshitting because she's never had to do it before. (laughs) She sucks at it. Uh, cause she's like, oh, I'm tired. And he's like, no, no, it's fine. Um, is it? It's not. And so they walk back and, uh, or we go to Nancy and Nancy and Jonathan. And, um, this is when (sighs) he's like. He gives her this thing about like, oh, when I took your picture, I thought you, you didn't really belong and da 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 da. And it's this really like. Oh, that she was trying to be someone she was she's to, not. Yeah. And like, it was this really artsy fartsy bullshit. Okay. And she calls him on it. Okay. But wait. Anyone who is high school age, and I'm being generous calling her high school age. She's got to be what? Freshman, sophomore? Yeah. Junior at the oldest? Yeah. Anyone at that age, do they know who they are? No. Hell no. And also, high school is, a lot of it is 
desperately trying to fit in. Desperately trying to fit in. You don't know who you are. So you do try to be several different people that you may or may not be. That's what growing up is about. There's nothing wrong with trying to be someone no. else. You're trying on, just like you try on clothes to see if they fit. You try on this life and see if it fits. It's it's. Testing. I think Jonathan's it's, so invested in being extra and being other. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that like, oh, I can tell, I can see through yeah, you. you were just, and I wanted to be like, okay, there have been times, because we're both introverts. You know the introvert time where you're at a party and you're like, why am I here? And that doesn't negate it's, any of the fun you've had. And you that okay. might even just be a little pocket of time. And then afterwards you have fun too. So as an introvert, it's the joy of being invited to a party. Mm-hmm. But they also the joy of, well, I can't go. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Thanks for inviting me. You want me there. But no, I can't. I have to work. Darn. Oh. Yeah. Glad you love me. Thanks for loving me. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. But, yeah, it's, I don't. So, I feel like, I feel I, like if somebody looks at me at the right time in a gathering of our friends, they might think, Oh, she doesn't really want to be there. But who you are when you're with other people and who you are when you're by yourself and who you are when you're at work are all totally different people. Absolutely. I mean, it just, it's a fact. I, but I don't think he's trying to bullshit her. She I think asked, he buys into that shit. She asked him a question, but he's also high school age. He she is. asked him a question and that's what he saw from his perspective. Yeah. But he's also looking at it from an artistic point of view which is strange and unusual in and of itself being the child and a parent of artists yeah i i I see that that that's how he's looking at her yeah to him it's not bullshit right i think he does believe it but she's also like don't imprint that shit on me and um yeah but i see both sides oh i do too and um uh she starts defending Steve because she's like, you're saying this because you don't like Steve and he's a good guy. And Jonathan's like, no. Nah. And, um, he's like, but then again, I don't like most people. And I was like, in yeah. that moment, I, was like, I am Jonathan. Moment, yeah. I'm like, <laughs> Boom. me there. There I am. Um, and right so there. they argue. And then this is when Jonathan throws back. You're just like your mom. And I was like, blow, blow, buddy. She told you that in confidence, like half an hour ago. Yeah, and you're already using it as a weapon against her. That's not a good sign, buddy. Never tell a woman they're acting like their mom. Yeah. That's just don't. It's a dick move. Just don't. It's a dick move. Um, so this is when uh, Hopper finally, they're going to compare notes. <gasps> what? He goes to Joyce's house, but he does the whole trope of, which I love it. And it's a trope and I don't even care. The whole basically we're being listened to. So shh. Um, but I love that he has the sign the second she opens the door. Mm-hmm. He was prepared when He's he so walked prepared. in there. And so, um, but the look on his face when he looks around at the lights. He's, and he's like, like, well, got a lot of lights to check. Uh, and you're like, no, 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 no. And so um, this is when uh, we get to this junkyard place and um, with the boys in 11 and Dustin's like, we're circling back around. And he's like, something's messing with the compasses. And Lucas is like, it's 11. She's, th- she's screwing us up. She's doing this on purpose. And, um, he confronts her. And this is when we see that her nose has been bleeding, meaning her powers have been used. And she has been fucking with him, but it's because 
she says that it's not safe. She's trying to protect the friends she has. And I'm like, oh my God. But again, Lucas wasn't wrong. No. But was Eleven wrong? No. And they're sweet little baby innocent children who don't really know how to good have good communication skills. So not they're one, just not fucked. a one of them. Um, and so this is when Hopper <laughs> looks through the lights and um he uh he tell he finally tells Joyce he's satisfied there isn't one. He tells Joyce that he was bugged and um he this is when he chooses to drop the bomb that like BT dubs the body wasn't real. And um says he's like you were right and i was like joyce needs more people in her life confirming that she was right about something i was like yay um so we see lucas start arguing with mike who of course is coming to 11's defense um and uh lucas says that she's just using them she wants food and shelter um and will's just dying but i will say he does not refute that will is in the upside down Good point. He takes Good point. Every- what they've learned from Eleven, but he still thinks she's mooching, which I thought was very interesting. So I thought if he does think she's some kind of a charlatan just using them, but he, he takes some of what she's tell- told them and that they've heard themselves to be true. So I thought that was interesting. Yeah. Um, so he says that uh, basically Eleven's the bad guy, which Will tackles him because Will has a crush on Eleven. We all know it. Mike. Oh, shit, Mike. Um, and uh, this is when Eleven, like, pulls them apart with her, her brain powers. And um, Lucas is knocked out. My sweet baby. Yeah. And Mike and Dustin are trying to wake him up. And this is when Mike lashes out against Eleven. At the end of the day, his loyalty is to his buddies. Yeah, and he's like, what's wrong with you? And she was just trying to help. I was like, Neh. And Dustin the whole time's like, guys i was like i am dustin in that moment um but also i'm kind of lucas because if i think somebody's been fucking with my friends i'm gonna go mama bear and like i'm gonna stab you a lot with my pen knife pen knife um just behavioral stabs it's fine um so we see uh 11 flashback to the tank and she's listening to this russian guy which we've seen her do before um and what i always thought was really cool about the way they did this, and they set it up from the very beginning. Not only does she know what's going on, but I thought, God, that's got to be really inconvenient because does the little kid speak Russian? Is she able to accurately transcribe what they're saying? No, she just broadcasts it onto the loudspeakers. Yeah, it's she's more of a conduit. Yeah, than than she's even a translator. Um, I just kept waiting for the Winter Soldier to show up. Yeah, so there you go. Um, and so uh, this is when. Uh, cause she's, you know, she's trying to view really far. He told her this is farther than she's ever gone before. And all of a sudden the Russian guy's gone and this thing is there and she's running in her mind and she's screaming for help. So her ability. Yeah. How does the upside down factor into all of this i don't know and how is she somehow tuned to it is her ability going through the upside down to you know in order to get to this russian that she's listening to i don't think how, so that's that's the one thing that i'm missing at this point 
uh, from this show is what does the upside down have to do with all of this? Yeah. And I understand that she somehow opened this door. Yeah. But how? Yeah. I think that's, that's an angle I didn't consider before is the upside down somehow facilitating all the, all the stuff we've seen her do before, like remote viewing on the Russian guys, or is it just that she was remote viewing and oops, her brain went too far and it tore this hole open. Yeah, I mean, what does it have? How does the upside down figure into her power? Right. Is the upside down what's where her power comes from? Or is it the conduit? Is it the catalyst? How does it. I need rules. Yeah. Oh, I do too. Because if you don't have rules, then the rules are constantly being broken. Yeah. And so the thing, the thing, the big question that comes to my mind, knowing what we know about the energy that it would take to da 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 and the fact that there is a gate. Uh-huh. We've seen that there is a gate. Is the gate keeping the hole open? Did she punch the hole with her mind and the gate's just keeping it open? Or is did she just mentally contact the upside down and the gate is the physical manifestation of that? I'm assuming she punctured through somehow. Like they could have built the gate all day long before that happened and they wouldn't have done it because my whole thing is tracing the energy so is she the one with the energy to punch the hole or is it the gate but i don't think the hole and the gate are two different things okay i think they're the same thing yeah i know but i think the hole is the gate and the gate is the hole yeah but did the gate create the hole or did 11 create the hole and the gate is just there to make it more opener okay explain to me the difference between gate and hole because you're talking about them as though they're two different things so I can punch a hole in the wall mm-hmm. with a hammer. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm thinking of as, as the tear. Mm-hmm. Now, if I want to turn it into a window, mm-hmm. I have to enlarge it and like actually put the window in. And that way I can open it anytime I please. Okay. So I'm looking at the gate like the gate is the window, but was the hole there before the gate? And the gate just expanded okay, on it. Okay, so then transfer that over into the show for me. What is the gate? I think it's holding the hole open. I think the hole is a very tenuous but if tear you, between okay, the worlds. Okay, but if you take that hammer and you punch a hole in the wall, the hole's going to be there regardless. Yeah. It doesn't need a gate to keep it open. No. So do you think 11 punched I the think hole it's or just the a gate tear. punched the I hole? Think it's, no, I think it's just a tear. I don't and think there just, is a gate. I don't think there is a gate. Okay. Because the thing keeps coming into the world, and it took Will, and it took Barb. There is no gate. Yeah. Well, then, they did send that guy through something, though. There's just a membrane. Okay, so you think they've just built something around when one you, of these membranes. The tear, and so on our side of the hole is, say, concrete and wood or the wall, but mm-hmm. on the upside-down side of the wall is membrane. Yeah. So you take that hammer and you puncture through it. On one side, it's going to be one, and the other side's going to be a membrane. Yeah. So I don't think there is a gate. I think it's just open because that okay. thing's coming in as it pleases. Yeah. It came out, it took Will, and it went back in. Took Barb. In the pool. Yeah, I guess yeah. in the pool. That, is, she, that would be the upside down, wouldn't yeah. it? Yeah. Okay. So I don't think there's a gate. Okay. It's just open. I wonder, though, because you think if this thing was just running pell-mell through the, the gate or the tear or whatever, that they'd have video of it. So I'm starting to think that that's not the only way in and out of the Upside Down. We don't know. 
But we, you're right. We don't, there's we don't no know. rules. But I don't think there's a gate. So you think 11 is the one that created the energy? She created enough energy. Whatever she was doing created enough energy to puncture the hole. Okay. She is the hammer in your analogy. And that's, that's the part that I keep coming back to going, God damn, she's powerful and we don't even know. But, we have like an inkling of her power. But my question is, how does her power, how did her power do that? How did her power find the upside down? How is her power related to the upside down? Was it, was the hammer punctured from our world into its world or from its world into our world because she was drawing the power from the upside down? So the, the whole came this way? Yeah. Was it a pull or, or push? Or was she going th- through the upside down and the hole yeah. goes? We don't know. There's just, at this point, there are so many questions I need answered. Season I need two. Mr. Clark to explain it to me. Season two. So, yeah. So, yeah. I, I've yet to understand how 11's and the power in the upside down relate. It's all linked. Yeah. But clearly they are. But 11 is the hammer. Yes. That's what I was kind of, that's what I, that was my impression. But I don't think there's a gate. I think it's open. Okay. I think the whole. You think they've just built some kind of a platform thing around 11? it? 11? No. Ice maker. Ice maker. Yeah. Um, I think the hole is just a hole. Okay. Sometimes a cigar is just, just a cigar. cigar. There you go. Um, so this is when uh, they finally get Lucas woken up. He walks away. They're just, their friend broken up, um, but Eleven's gone too. And you can tell they had a momentary, like, I'm mad at you, but also Mike's like, where are Ride you? Ride or die, man. Ride or die. Ride or die. And so that night we see, um, again, I'm really surprised that anybody's walking around in the woods at night. That's real dumb. Uh, Nancy and Jonathan are going searching. Nancy hears something. And, oh, I had to walk away from this. I didn't like this. She finds a really uh, badly wounded deer, and she's gonna she's gonna shoot the deer and put it out of its misery. Um, but Jonathan takes the gun, and after we had heard what it what he said a little earlier about like my dad, dad took took him hunting, yeah. made him kill something. Um, but before he can shoot it, something yanks it away. I can make it worse for you. Why? I don't have to, but I could. I, now I'm curious. Because the bunny was Thumper and the deer was Bambi. Oh, Janya, it's terrible. I warned you. It's terrible. So, but, so you had to walk away because he shot the deer. No, I had to walk away the second, like, the deer was injured. I was like, nope. Because her deer. Yeah. Okay. I'm just trying to figure out what it was. And, and, and I had seen it before. I didn't walk away the first time. And I was like, nope, doop, 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 this is terrible. <laughs> um, cause the deer like gets snatched away and, uh, they follow the, the blood trail. This is when we find. So the, apparently this monster has not just been taking humans. No. So Gina, are there deer? I would think there are would there be deer, deer but okay. I, I would. We have to, freaking deer. Way I would down defer near. to Gina. There's, I don't know that there are weird deer lists. I just assume uh, deer you know, everywhere. I do too. We're overrun with deer. We are. Um, and so this is when it's it's really creepy and it's kind of like a lair and Jonathan's gone. And she's like, what the fuck? And what does she do? She crawls in the hole. So there's your other hole. Yeah. There's your other hole. Yep. There is another hole. So that proves that kind of the gate, gate ain't a gate. 
So this would be gate is they built a fancy platform around the tear that was already there. Yeah, that they think is they're trying to is not. So there is another hole. This is the hole Will went through. He never went. At, he was never in the lab. Yeah, that's that's what I took it to mean. Epiphany. He was never in the. This lab. is where this everybody is else hole. is getting okay. disappeared into. So the hunters, is, everybody. This is it's so so. Which came first, the hole in the tree, the hole in the lab? I could see the hole in the lab coming first, and. Maybe when the Demigorgon or whatever we're calling it realized yeah, there's we a have fuck no other- ton of people on this side that are like trying to, I don't know. Maybe it saw it was like, oh, this is too much trouble. Poke another hole. Maybe the hole in the woods was always been there. Could be. Think Stephen King. That's true. Think Stephen King. That's think very Cujo, Stephen King. Think it. Think, you know, that whole thing. Because um, with him, evils are almost always already there. Yeah. And have always been there. Um, which I think it has like goes back centuries. Oh no! Like the actual thing that it is goes back to the beginning of like the history. Planet. Yeah, written history at least. Yeah. So has it always been there? And then when the hole in the lab appeared, it started to become aggressive. I don't think so. Or how? I mean, I need more. I kind of think there would be more disappoint disappointment. There would be more <laughs> disappearances and stuff. If it had always been there. But if it was just feeding on animals and humans had, hadn't encountered humans yeah, but before. it's not like it's a super not populated area. I mean, clearly there have been hunters in the area. Self-preservation, though. Yeah, it could be. Maybe it's now that it's getting poked with a stick by these right? scientists. Hey, yeah, right? Okay. So, yeah. Maybe they, they angered it. But. Could be. But we don't, we don't know enough. That's. See, there's my problem. Yeah. I need to know how Eleven figures into the whole and how, how the Demigorgon works. I need to know more about that. Yeah. That's how it works. And so, uh, so Nancy goes into this cavern and she's got a flashlight and it flickers. So dumb. And she sees something feeding on this deer. And so she's like, she tries to nope out of it. But of course she steps on a branch and it breaks and it's like, oh God, this is every terrible horror movie trope. But yet I can't stop watching it. And so this is when Jonathan hears her scream. But he can only find her backpack. Did you loot that backpack? Did I would you? have looted it, yeah. You totally would have looted it. might it. have a recipe in it. You never know. Or a blue item. So, yeah. This is our. This is the end of our episode. Yeah, it da, is. Da, da. Um, this is why this show was made for binging. It really was. It's because you're immediately episode, like, next? Practically every freaking episode is a cliffhanger. Yeah. In this show, which is kind of awesome. So, so yeah. There's that. So, okay, another metaphysical question for you. No. Is Nancy actually in the Upside Down, or is this its lair in our world? I think she's in the Upside Down. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Good to know. I kind of would err on that, if too. she's inside a tree... She went That's through, true. Bigger on the inside. She went through the membrane. <laughs> it's not the TARDIS. It's not the TARDIS. She went through a membrane. Yeah. So I believe she is in the upside down. Okay. But okay. she's close to an, an entrance. Yeah. Exit. Tear, whatever you want to call it. Whatever. So. All right. So we have feedback. We correct? do. Gina. Yay. Uh, hi, ladies. While this episode is a bit jumpier than the others, we cover so much ground in it and we get a bit closer to tying all our stories together. Jonathan now knows that his mother, what his mother is seeing is real. 
Hopper knows Will is alive and that there was a kid in the lab. The lab guys know that Elle is with our group of boys. The boys learn about the Upside Down, and Nancy takes an unexpected trip there. I think the lab guys have gotten sloppy with their cover-up efforts. I think that drug was supposed to kill Hopper, and they messed up. I didn't, oh. think, I didn't think about it on my first watch, but now that I'm watching with podcast eyes, <gasps> it's <laughs> it makes no sense to leave him alive. It seems like they were trying to stage a suicide for Hopper. After he sees everything in the lab, they knock him out with a drug and he wakes up at home. Then why bug him? That's That was going to be my question. Why bug him? Yeah. The table's covered with empty beer cans and his pills are all over the table. I think they thought that drug might kill him, so they took him home, made it look like he went on a bender and OD'd. We haven't seen Hop really drinking since he started the case, so I'm assuming those cans were new. I would like to just pause there and take a, a, a pause that his drinking and drugs stopped the second he started on a case. Who does that remind you of? Who does that remind me of? Sherlock. Oh, yeah. More Sherlock parallels. Um, they put the bug in the house to listen to see if Hop had told anyone that he was going to the lab. However, since... The only other cops seem to be the Tweedles. I don't think the lab folks have to worry about them digging too deep if no. anything happened to no. Hop. I yeah, yeah okay. I, I but I but the or the, to possibly to listen in on the investigation to see if they think it's squirrely. I'm not sure if I buy that the lab dudes were too dumb for him to actually be dead. Yeah, because they I've, did go through the trouble of covering up the puncture wound on his neck, but that was still suicide. They'd throw that off if there was an autopsy, but the stadies are doing the autopsies these days. If if it was that the lab guys <laughs> screwed up, I would have liked to have seen Brennan be upset that he's still alive. Yeah. It would have been a really short scene, and it would have told us, oh, they done fucked up. Possibly. I think that they were trying to set him up to look crazy. I think they were, too. And, and they were like, setting up the bender to make him look crazy. Because you get the sheriff disappearing, and that's more of a, that's a bigger deal. You can't explain that away as easily, but you can't explain, oh, yeah, he uh, saw some crazy shit at a lab. Oh, look at all these pill bottles and beer cans. Yeah, totally. It was a hallucination. Yeah. It was a dream. Yeah. That's, see, that's, that's and that's I'm... the way I took it to be. Okay. Because otherwise it does seem really sloppy that they left him alive. Uh, she says, we get the throwaway lines from the Tweedles about how the state patrol found Barb's car at a bus station, yet they don't bother to ask if any of the bus drivers or people at the station, they saw a redheaded girl. We also get the throwaway line about how two hunters have gone missing that think it's just people freaking out about Will. I mean, hello, no. these are grown-ass men. They might have gotten hurt hunting at the very least. Go check out some hunting stands. Yeah, no, these are terrible cops. I expect shitty police work on Gotham, but this is beyond lazy. <laughs> Jim would hire them. <laughs> meanwhile, <laughs> meanwhile, our boys and Elle are far better at trying to figure shit out. The boys figure out that Will is still alive, but in an AU. <laughs> Blessed us. Bless us? Fuck you, Gina. <laughs> what? It's, it's literal. An alternate universe. Oh, it literally is. It Jesus literally Christ. Is an AU. You did not pick up on that, did you? No, I didn't. I was like, Literally oh, yeah, that's cute. Bless Dustin's little nerd heart for whipping out the D&D book and reading about the Veil of Shadows. Also bless his nerd heart for knowing what spell you cast to get there and for trying to figure out a way to find the opening with a compass. This is more proof that Dustin is my child bitching at his friends for bitching at him about his compass idea when they had nothing better. Yep, I can see myself doing that. Yep, I love Dustin. 
The scene of them at the wake with Mr. Clark was so sweet. It also warms my heart to know that Mr. Clark is a and d nerd and will take time to sit down with them and talk to them like they're equal. I bet he's the one who introduced them to D&D. Probably. Uh, he seemed to spend more time with them at their wake than their own parents did. Yeah, that's true. We, we did see Lucas's parents standing behind him, and I'm going to guess the lady behind Dustin might have been his mother. Uh, we see more of Mike's parents helping Mike and Nancy get ready for the funeral. It was also sort of sweet to see them trying. Hell, I think this is the most we've seen Mike's dad with him, and this is the day after Karen and Nancy have their fight about Steve. And Karen is trying so hard with Nancy, they offer to let, uh, she offers to let Nancy borrow her heels. Yeah. It was, I was a bit annoyed to see all the parents talking with Lonnie while poor Joyce is sitting by herself at her son's wake. Like, he hasn't been there this whole time, and he just swoops in and gets all the attention. Yeah. However, I want, I need to point, I feel like I need to point out Lonnie was acting like a functional person. And, and Joyce, Joyce was, was not shut down. And nobody wants to deal with that. Yeah. Nobody wanted to. But or knows how to. Well, that, How do you this, interact with her? Well, and this whole town has thought of her as the freak, the the crazy, the, yeah. the single. In the 80s, the single mom was the anomaly. Yeah, that's true. She was the other. Yeah. So they didn't know how to deal with that. Uh, it didn't seem like Jonathan and Nancy were at the wake and it seemed odd that it wasn't mentioned. I think Jonathan and Nancy would have sat with Joyce at the wake if they had been there. I kind of think they kept them separated. I think they showed up from purely from a, uh, so Joyce doesn't have anybody to be like, we believe you. Yeah. Uh, she says, I'm so proud of Joyce for telling her Piece of shit X, he was a piece of shit and tossing yep. him out on his ass. Honestly, I wish it had him at the door instead of hot because I'm sure she would have brained him with a hammer for taking her lights down. Finally, we have Hop and Joyce on the same side and Joyce finally gets someone else to admit that she has what she's been seeing isn't crazy. Yep. Meanwhile, our poor babies get into a fight and Elle misuses her powers, freaking them out. You can tell she's scared of them trying to go to the upside down and can't say why. And Lucas is beyond done and just wants things back to normal. Yeah. Parting thoughts. We get a really interesting view about the Wheeler marriage from Nancy. I didn't get the sense that there was an age gap between the parents, but they do seem uh, distance with each other. Maybe Nancy was a whoops baby and that's why they got married. We also get more about Jonathan's relationship with his dad, trying to make him a quote man. Yeah. This kind of explains why Jonathan was telling Will not to, to not like things just because people tell him he should. And like, I'm with Jonathan on that, but it's like, he's so worried about being extra and different that he, I think he, he puts a lot of that on other people. Like when he's like, Oh, Nancy. Yeah. Uh, wasn't it a good thing that Mr. Clark didn't ask about the cousin from Sweden? That's a very good point. <laughs> I didn't even think about that because they introduce her yeah. at the school. This is my cousin. She's here at Will's funeral, blah, blah, blah. Eleanor. But she wasn't actually at the funeral. No. No. And he didn't even Plus, ask. nobody had time to come in for a funeral. Not from, from Sweden. Sweden. <laughs> um... Yeah. Dustin is just chomping at the bit to tell Will about his funeral. Dude, you had girls crying at your funeral and they got the wrong kind of Nilla wafers. It wasn't a bad funeral. Oh my God. I'm so Dustin in this. Like, um, they're not real Nilla wafers. Uh, that gun should have had a lot more recall recoil on it. I agree. It was a revolver even. Okay. Yeah, it was. It was like a, I want to think, I want to say it was a 38, but I didn't get a real good look at it. Yeah. It should have a lot more recoil on it. Uh, hops face when he saw all of the lights. <laughs> priceless reblog if you agree (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah. So that's all the feedback. Okay. Uh, so yeah, we've got, uh, six, seven, and eight left. That's it. it. That's and it. And like we said, um, we're going to tack on preview stuff, um, and sorting at the end of episode eight. Yep. So get your feedback in for that. Absolutely. And the season two starts oct- October 28th. They're going to dump all the episodes. 27th. Out- 20. That's what I said. 27th. Um, they're going to dump all the episodes out at once. We will podcast them as we can. Yeah. Because it's season started. Yeah. But we it will get done sooner rather than later this it time. It will. It will. Unlike Marvel, which has kind of taken a back burner. Yeah. So. Uh, anything else? That's all I got. All right. Thank you for listening, guys. Thanks.